Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nochel Prano. Good Monday morning, Andy Ruther. Or should I say, quasi-roommate? She shouldn't say that. No. I shouldn't say that? No. You moving in? No. I'm, uh, I'm moving out today. Really? That's all yeah. I get? Is a, yeah. cu- is a couple nights? Yeah. yeah. You had me for a couple nights. There was some... Uh, I, I double booked. I double booked my life. Uh, suddenly, the the dirtball Airbnb. Someone's in the dirtball Airbnb, and uh, my other my other arrangements were also booked. Yeah. So I am. Uh, I had to, I had to do. I had to do a couple nights on the Ruther couch. We watched the Natural the other night. You didn't even watch the Natural. You didn't watch a second of the Natural. The Natural just came on, like on a. Just randomly came on, and I was like, "Well, there goes my night." Guess I'm watching The Natural. You're like, "Nah, I'm gonna be over in my bed watching Animal Planet on my iPad." Well, you went to and, and you were super stoned, so you were like, literally right before The Natural came on, a commercial came on for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and you had to leave. You're like, you're like a, you're like, you're like, what happens if like a ten year old boy? Like, be, be, like, becomes an adult. You're like, when I'm grown up, if I want Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, I'll just go get them. And then you're like, I'm leaving. I'll be back with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I will say that marketing. I saw a commercial for the Easter egg Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and I was stoned, and I said, wow, that looks amazing. So I went to CVS, but I also needed toilet paper. I also needed Dove dishwash. And it felt like I was there. You know when you're high? It felt like I was in CVS, which is a couple miles away, for two hours. I must have walked up and down the candy aisle four times debating what I was going to get. I mean, you missed a lot of the, the natural while you were gone, to be honest Yeah, with you. you're right. And then you're right. I got into you know Our Planet on Netflix. The, the mind goes to different places when you're under the influence of cannabis, which is what I like. Happy belated 420 to Happy everybody. belated 420. You didn't really partake in 420. Uh, on 420, let's see. 420 was what day? Saturday. Yeah, you had a sh- you had two shows. Yeah, I had two shows. I don't I don't smoke before shows anymore. Yeah. Um. I, actually, I probably would have smoked before the backyard show. Yeah. But um. Then uh, I got a I got a club show before that. I got a show at the West Side Comedy Theater before that. I don't smoke before shows anymore because I never get nervous doing comedy anymore like i wasn't even nervous on thursday like i wasn't even a hint of nervous before i went on stage maybe like for one second i was like what are you nervous about um and that was like obviously a very big showcase situation i don't get nervous anymore unless i smoke pot and then i'm like this is what you're doing with your life man fucking dad jokes and dick jokes yeah other jokes start with d like so I don't smoke pot before sets anymore, unless it's going to be like a super casual thing, like that backyard show. If I hadn't done the West Side show, I might have been high for that one. But uh, so yeah, and then I also don't smoke basically during the day when I'm doing a show because I don't want like when I start smoking, I like to just end smoke 
the, the, the day away, you know? I don't like to get the pot hangover of, like, smoke at, like, 2 in the afternoon and then, like, feeling a little sluggish at, like, 6 or 7 when I got to do a show. So it's crazy because I used to literally smoke pot all day, every day. And now, basically, if I have a comedy show, I can't smoke. And I don't smoke late at night because it keeps me up unless I'm drinking. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just drink myself to sleep. You're an old man is what you're saying. Yeah, It's just the way the way it, it always uh, has affected me kind of the same way. But um, but it's it's never been conducive to me being on stage unless I'm just going to be like, whatever, I don't care about the show. And then also, I mean, there was in my 20s, I'd smoke because I was like, yeah, it keeps me up. But I'm just up until four in the morning every night. Like, whatever. I spent my 20s like literally going to bed at 3, 4 a.m. You caught me in a deep marijuana-induced coma Saturday when you walked out of this bathroom. Yeah. You you forgot I was here. I forgot I took, you were here. I took, I took a long... I had a, I had a shower shit shave situation, so I was in there a while. I came out. When I opened the door, you would think that you like... I, I was, I'm just glad you weren't jerking off. <laughs> I'm glad you weren't like out here like doing something super weird, like having sex with a succulent or something. Well, you know, I I do have a lot of teenager tendencies under that influence because it's the munchies for me hit so fucking hard, man. All I wanted to do Saturday was eat pizza when we were at the bar. Yeah. All I cared about. Pizza, pizza, pizza. And I settled for terrible... And then, and then I reminded you that we were going to do pizza the next day, and you're like, that's fine. I'm not going to do pizza anymore. I'm gonna just, <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, you were like... You were... It was like we took a 12-year-old boy out after his Little League game and like made him sit at the bar with the adults while they drank. You're like, we get pizza or what? Pizza! That was a fun night out, though. It was. We, we hung out with Tim Harrington, former regular guest of the show when he was in the comedy game. It was. It was good. It was a good night. You had a great show. Was, that's a fun backyard comedy show. Yeah, it's a great, great Packed backyard. crowd. If you're ever in Venice and you, or if you ever look at my site or Andy's site and see that we're doing the Tony V's House Gaffaw, uh message us and we'll tell you where it's at. So, is, that, is that a common thing? Like, obviously, the weather's different, but does New York City have... Backyard shows like they do out here in LA. Well, not a lot of backyards in New York City. Sure, um, like rooftops, maybe. Yeah, there's 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 a few rooftop shows. There's a few like you know back like uh, you know s- some of the Brooklyn spots have like a kind of a patio, yeah, back patio situation. Um, but yeah, not like the window's so small. Sure, know? it's too fucking hot in the summer. It's too cold in the winter. It's like too whatever. But yeah, when the weather's right, there's a, there's a couple of those. But obviously here. There's, it's just so much more. Like, yeah. T- uh, Tony and Nick have a backyard show. Laz has a backyard show. Nick used to do that show on his rooftop. Yeah. Um, I think there's another comedy show here in Venice that does one in like a backyard outside of thing. Yeah. There's plenty of that's that's definitely in LA, but because the weather's always so good. Sure. Well, you got to be feeling good, guys. Prano had his callbacks for the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. They got to which... be feeling good, or I got to be feeling good. You. Oh. Because I went, it was at the comedy store on Thursday. Shout out to Tug Coker, who also came. Tug was yeah, mentioned. I Tug, pi- Tug was mentioned, and Tug appeared. At Tug appeared. <laughs> I picked up Tug. We went. Uh, we went to Hollywood to see Prano. A very nice. Everybody was doing their six minute TV sets. Can you call them that? Um, I mean, it would I, be, it would be about uh, the equivalent of doing a set on TV. Sure, it's it was it's certainly that length, and I think the idea 
Um, if you're doing it right, the idea is very similar, which you're trying to get a you know a strong point of view across. Yeah. Uh, it's not a TV set in that people can use language, sure. use language, but but you had a great set. Thank you. You were crushing the game. Tug's face would have told me otherwise. You, the, you thought he was, he was the only laughing. person in the crowd. I was like everybody laughing, everybody doing thing, and then I'd look at Tug and be like. Like he was like he's like judging the voice or something like that. He was like, he he's was very stoic. He was facing me, but he seemed undecided whether or not he was going to turn around his chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a good point. He's like, well, well he- and also I w- I kept checking in on Tug's reaction because a lot of my set, a lot of this specific set, very like Tug kind of related. Like Tug could be the guy in my set, you know, like he, like my my. My friends with who are dads who have kids and the way they go out and like Tug got a, lot, a little bit of that in him too. Like yeah. the, the night we went out for the for March Madness, he, Evil Tug shows dropped, up. Yeah, yeah. Evil Tug is like the guy in my set. You know, yeah, the guy who like gets off leash and just like starts. He's wearing a Michigan shirt and a Virginia shirt and swinging around his head and like we're gonna fucking drink and shots and. The thing about Tug is, he dissects everything. And he's not going to have a quick, instant reaction. Yeah. So on the drive back, so he, on the drive back, he started laughing about my set. He just he re, he couldn't instantly do it in the room. <laughs> Dude, on the drive back, I think there was ten or eleven comics on the show that night. Tug wanted us, and we did. We went through each and every comic, and basically, it was John Gruden's quarterback camp. We broke down on the drive back what we thought of each comedian, and obviously, I have a different perspective as someone who is a comedian, but. Tug's very analytical, but he loved you. I thought he was laughing a little harder than you thought. Maybe again, he maybe was- I just like. I mean, obviously, a, a part of you know, I think, in my opinion, a good stage presence is having a little bit of like an oscillating fan movement to your stage presence. Yeah, you know, trying to sort of eye contact a lot of people in the room. Maybe it's just when I pass Tug's spot a couple times. It sure, it's between jokes or something like that. Well, the highlight of my week was yesterday we went to the Padres-Reds game, and afterwards the highlight of my week was a female thought I was a professional baseball player. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Wearing a Harambe jersey. Yeah. You showed up in shorts and and a Harambe jersey and a Reds cap, and uh, a girl asked, did you play today did i play or, or today you, you played today or you watched the game and you're like did you think i'm a she's like i don't know she, yeah she thought Wait. i had the build of a shortstop yeah yeah no she called it she, short you, you stopper do, you do have the build of a shortstop i do in 1894 you're, you have the build, <laughs> <laughs> I was you have say, the build of a shortstop i was gonna say aren't most shortstops uh latin i mean these days a lot. for sure yeah i mean you're but like you're every shortstop like pre nineteen forty. What's my comparison? You're, you're, you're basically Pee Wee Reese. You're okay, you're, okay. You're, you are your like if you were in the big leagues, you'd be Pee Wee Ruther. They'd be like, oh Pee Wee. <laughs> okay, we saw Tatis Junior yesterday. Yeah, Tatis Junior is basically me. Like he's, I think he's six four, six five. Oh, he's that tall. He's two, yeah, dude, he's legit. So I couldn't play in the majors. But again, it was a low-key compliment to, even for somebody who doesn't follow sports, for a lady to think that I was a professional baseball player who wore his jersey out four hours after the game. Yeah. Good good game. Great game. The Ruther curse. Can we just discuss this for a minute? Yeah. 
Last Monday, I go to Dodgers Reds. Reds lose 4-3. Yesterday, we drive down to San Diego, Petco Park, amazing ballpark. Reds lose 4-3. What are the odds of them losing the exact same score of the two games I go to? Two different ballparks, two different cities. The Ruther curse. I bet you in baseball, I bet you 4-3 is like the most common final score. But still. But what for the a, same, still, what are the chances? The same person to go to those two games. Yeah, I'd love to know what the most common finals. Yeah, baseball is. You four, were, four three's got to be up. Got it's got to be top two or three. Yeah, is my curse like? Where are we going to put my curse at this point? I mean, it's going I strong. Mean, yeah, you're you're little or B based God basically at this point. <laughs> 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 and Monday Pee Wee Base God <laughs> Monday The curse was in full effect I left an hour and a half early I still missed the Puig home run Yeah the, Basically the Reds When you left to go to Dodger Stadium You arrived late Before you walked in Reds were crushing the game They were up 2 nothing. 2 nothing on a Puig homer Who you were going to see Did Puig get a hit after that In the whole game? No And they lose 4-3? Yeah <laughs> Like basically if you had not if you got in a car accident on the way to the ballpark, they would have gotten a win. If you had not, if you had gotten a car accident on the way down to San Diego, they sweep the Padres. What a fun day at the ballpark, though! It's an amazing ballpark. I got, I got the Brown. Finally, got Broughton. Yeah, bring back the Brown. They had a great Brown selection. I did this. This is the one I settled on. Um, they had a couple of other strong Brown hats. Uh, and then we saw the one that guy was wearing in front of me that I discovered at a stand after. Ooh, kind of almost wish I had gone with that one, but it was a snapback. Not really. The friar. Yeah, the fry, the swinging friar, the swinging padre uh, with the San Diego pot in a nice circle. That was pretty cool, but I am a more of a fitted hat guy. Now, I think that was my third or fourth time at Petco Park. I think I'm going to put that in my top 10. Top 10, easy, I think. For stadiums. I think top 10, easy. Um, I mean, for me, like reeling off, I think I've only been to 16, 15, 16 ballparks. So it's tough not to be in my top 10 of places yeah, I visited. Okay. Good point. Good point. I visited, but like, you know, I don't, I haven't been to target. I haven't been to whatever, but like to me, it's definitely up there. Like, uh, What's now Oracle, I guess, in San Fran is pretty fantastic. I was going to say, where do you compare San Francisco and San Diego stadiums? I'm putting San Francisco above it, but I me too. But I like San Diego a slightly lot. above slightly it. Slightly above it. I like City Field, obviously. I like um, Camden Yards a lot. Um, I haven't been to Camden in a while, but like when I went to Camden, like Camden still has a place in my heart as like maybe my favorite. Yeah, but. I don't know how it's changed. It might not have changed for the better. Sure. When I went, one thing I loved is like that how it's the original retro ballpark. You know, it's the original one that they were trying to go back and do something. And they had like a chicken wire like back fence. So like when the foul ball would hit, it would like dent it. But now obviously they have the like which ruined our seats a little bit yesterday. Well, I want to talk about that. It, which is something I think we have to start factoring in. We, you're right. I like sitting down the line. We both do. And and we were in an area where normally even even with a lot of places that have an extended thing, you wouldn't think it would extend that far. I mean, this was extending past the dugout. We were third baseline about 15 rows up. Yeah. The net to protect people now 
goes all the way. We were, I don't know how many feet past third base, but we were pretty close. Yeah, we were, pre- yeah, we were, we, I would say we were, you know, 15, 20 feet down the line from third base. We we're basically on the edge of the infield grass. Yeah, exactly. Or the outfield grass. I should and say. it's ruining baseball. Like, I don't want to sound dramatic, but from a, from a live view. I mean, I think that is dramatic. It's ruining baseball. Well, hold on. I mean, we hold, enjoyed hold, the game. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I, I take that back. It's ruining the live experience. Yesterday, you take that net away. Obviously, we're right by the players. We're 15 rows up. If you remove that net, it's just such a better experience. I mean, I agree. I don't know if it's ruined, but it's certainly better. And and it's it's definitely to the point now where like I have to I have to consider that. Like I would have we saw seats that were ten fifteen dollars cheaper down the line yeah. a little bit more, and you're a little bit more in the outfield. Like I'd almost prefer that and have an un blocked view of the field be a little be on a weirder angle be a little further out to the outfield i still prefer infield to outfield but like even now maybe sitting in the second deck and looking down past over that yeah as opposed to looking through it and i blame you know this current state of our world people need nets guys it's a we live in a litigious society guys if you get hit with the foul ball and you're on your phone you fucking deserve it. I would never be mad if I got hit by a foul ball and I was playing on Instagram. It's my own fault. Pay attention to the game. The, these nets, it's just it just takes away a lot of the live experience. You know, you're going to talk to a player through a net. What, what am I? What am I? A, a fish who's been trapped in a net trying to talk to a ball player. You're, now you're a talking fish. I'm just so saying, what, you know. <laughs> You know, that's what it's like. You're putting up fishnets. Hey, baby, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm looking, uh, according to the YouTube comment section from Calvin Pentland, 3-2 is the most common score, followed by 4-3. I was going to say, it's got to be right there. I do want to give a shout out to our friends at SeatGeek for those amazing tickets, which if you are a San Diego or SoCal native, you can get some really good price tickets. Yeah. Our tickets were under a hundred bucks for two, 15 rows back of third base. Yeah. And we literally behind a net, <laughs> behind a net. We got our tickets driving down from Los Angeles to San Diego. So guys, you can literally get tickets on SeatGeek last minute. I mean, you know, about an hour or two out of the game. So open the SeatGeek app. If you don't have it, download it right now because best of all, all listeners, that's you guys, get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek supports our show, so we hope you support them as well. Use our promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first purchase. You can use that for concert tickets, sports, comedy, whatever you want. Remember, that's promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first purchase. And uh, just to reiterate, if you go on SeatGeek, use that promo code DIRTY and send me a screenshot for any event, sports, comedy, like they're saying, music, whatever, I will send you a, I will send you two Dirty Sports koozies. So it's a good deal. that deal is still in effect. Okay. Kristen Yelich is just going off. It's unbelievable. But he's going off at home. That's yeah, what's crazy. It's unbelievable. Um, 13 I- bombs. 31 RBIs, I believe. Yeah. It's uh this is some this is some steroid era shit. I'm not I'm not throwing shit. I'm not I mean Christian Yelich does not look like he is on steroids. Um I think he's just, you know, really, really feeling himself, as the kids say these days. 
Um, he's just, uh, you know. Is that what the kids say? Yeah. I think that he just must be really seeing the ball well. He's he's got he seems to have perfected launch angle. Um, he is the modern prototype for like man. What what else do you need from a guy? Like plays plays great D. Obviously the reigning MVP. Uh, no reigning MVP hangover. The Brewers are playing well. Yeah. Um, but like we were talking about it the other day, and I was like. Talking about the the how you know shocking a, a start he has had, and then he hit a home run. I was like, dude, he just hit another. And then I got an alert, and I'm like, all right, now MLB's app is glitching because they're saying he hit another. But obviously, that just happened. It's like, no, he hit. Then he hit another in the same game. I'm like, geez, this guy. Yeah, he likes hitting at uh, he likes hitting at Miller Park. Is it still Miller Park? No, they changed it, right? I think this is the last year it's Miller Park. Well, he loves he loves that delicious light beer. Pilsner powered. That's going to be a tough division. Pilsner power. Right now, the Pirates are in first at twelve and seven. Yeah. Then the Cardinals twelve and nine. Then the Brewers are thirteen and ten. The Cubs are ten and ten, and uh, my Reds are last place at eight and thirteen. Yeah. That's going to be competitive. Sure is. I think it's going to come down to the Cardinals and the Brewers. I think the Cubs will be in the mix, but not that much in the mix. That's a stadium. We talk about stadiums. I really would love to go to Miller Park. It's on my list. I, dude, a lot of the Midwest. I, I, I mean, obviously, we, we tackled Wrigley and... Uh, You've seen Cincinnati. And old, old Comiskey last year. I, I want to do Miller for sure. Um, St. Louis. St. Louis for sure. I want to get to Target. I'd like to get to Pittsburgh. I've heard a lot of good things about Pittsburgh. Drove by the ballpark when I was there. Yeah. But it was it was not baseball season, obviously. So yeah. I have to stand up in stadiums this summer. Well, we're talking uh We have a lot of things in the works. Little, we're spinning a lot of plates these days. Well maybe Texas after we do Amarillo with the sod poodles. Sure. Which quick reminder, if you're interested in going Which sucks because they're gonna get rid of fucking Texas, then we're gonna have to check it off the ballpark list again. So maybe Houston. Wait, what? You know they're getting rid of the ballpark at Arlington. Oh, yeah. They're putting one with a roof on. I thought, like, Texas was leaving the Union. You're like, they're getting rid of Texas. I was like, like, oh, they real? They're friendly doing this? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, you never know with the news. You're like, Texas is going to secede? Is it secede? Yeah. Secede or succeed, depending on how you look at America right now. Texas is succeeding by leaving our, our nation. In California, was trying. People in California were trying to do that too. California, that's what we'll call it after it leaves. Like, what's up? We're now California. Bro. Did I say California? Yeah, I sound like that bro down in Encinitas yesterday. Yeah, what did he call the barbecue pizza chicken? I got there and I was like, "Is this is this buffalo chicken pizza?" He's like, "Yeah, bro, so dank, <laughs> so dank." I was like, "Well, that's a strong, it's a strong sell." Can you imagine working somewhere? So dank. And you describe the food as so dank. I think if you work at a pizza sh- pizza and beer spot in Encinitas, that's you're allowed to talk like that. Every single person that comes in knows what you're talking about. You made a great point on the drive back. The scenic views that we get out here. I get that there's traffic. It's annoying. The taxes are high. But man, that drive from L.A. to San Diego and back. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And and. That's, you know, obviously it's very Southern California. I was, I was just saying California on the way back. I was like, California is great because there's so much in California. Yeah. You know, like from top to bottom. It's like 
it's it's basically such a long state north south that you go through multiple climate styles. Obviously, we have the central desert, we have the central coast that's all yeah. you know Big Sur and everything like that. You get up to the north, it's like a whole different you know tree situation. But uh, on our way back yesterday, it was just like kind of a kind of like a sunny but misty day over like the green SoCal mountains uh, as we were driving up the 405. It was just beautiful. And obviously driving along the coast there, the San Clemente and and San Diego. And, we, and we, you know, we talked about how great Petco is. But what I love about Petco is how they just slip it so casually Dude, into the city of San Diego. It's like so nice. Just like tucked in there. They're building up the area around it. You know, I, we posted a couple of pictures from the ballpark, the way all the all those hotels and different you know apartment buildings are going up around Petco. It's just I just love how it's just slipped right into the city. You know, it doesn't try to do too much. Yeah. Like like every single person that's ever lived in San Diego, it's just not trying that hard. And and I appreciate that. And they get it that they have it's San Diego. Yeah. It's gorgeous weather. They're like we got margarita stands and yeah. taco stands and michelada stands and like, you know, watch the game if you want or don't. We don't really care, man, you know. Like go up to the roof, have a beer, there's barbecue up there. Whatever, bro. It's pretty dank up there. They had they have a cool <laughs> thing in left field we went. That that bar restaurant? Yeah. The loft? Yeah. So that Western Metal Supply Company is uh like an old building that they they tore down, I think a lot of buildings in the area, and they made that a historic landmark and built the entire stadium around that building. The corner of that building is actually the left field foul pole. Fucking dope. Yeah, it's dope. Really dope. Well, let's talk some NBA playoffs. Let's do it. It's moving along. Yeah, moving right along. Yesterday, obviously, we missed a lot of games because we were on the road and at the game, but the Celtics. Finish the sweep off. They were mostly good games, but they won every single one of yeah, them. Yeah, they were. They were all really good games, and uh, it's crazy. I, I, you know, as a Knicks fan, I've always hated the Pacers, um, but I, I do feel bad for the Pacers. This year's Pacers team is like they lost their best player. Yeah, far and away their best player, their only star player, their only All Star, and um, it would have just been a totally different series. I think it would have been. I think it would have been a totally different series. Uh, had even the Pacers managed to end up being the four seed and the Celtics five seed. Ah, uh, like okay. I even think flipping it, obviously the, the Celtics won both games in Indiana. Yeah. But had one and two been in Indiana, I think it would have been a different game. So, sucks for the Pacers to lose Oladipo, but props to the Celtics for, you know, everybody's been talking about the switch. Can they flip the switch? Can they flip the switch? Now, they didn't, by any means, I know this is, you know, Celtics fans are going to be like, fuck you, Prano, you Celtics Boston hater. I know it's, you know, that they swept the series. They didn't sweep the series in dominating fashion. They just had, they just have closers and the Pacers were without their closer. And that was, in my opinion, truly the difference in the series. But shout out to the Celtics for, you know, turning it on come playoff time. And shout out to the Celtics for, I don't know if Brad Stevens listens to the show like Deion Sanders does. Using uh, Kyrie at the two with Rozier, I think is uh, I think has the potential to be the biggest coaching move that yeah. Brad Stevens has come up with in his Celtics career. And I know that's saying a lot, but like you don't know what Kyrie's going to do this summer. No one's ever doubted Kyrie's talent and ability, but. Making Kyrie your 
point guard and your closer and the guy that you want taking every shot down the stretch is just like it's just it's just not the way the NBA works anymore. And uh, so I think that's a very, very strong play from Brad Stevens. That being said, I don't think they have enough. The, the Bucks are ju- are looking just as fucking great. Well, the Bucks are dominating. The Bucks are dominating uh, Pistons teams that, that probably wishes they were in the lottery. Game four tonight, the Bucks should close it out, barring some miracle. Yeah. I mean, look, winning one of five basketball one of five basketball games against another team isn't like a miracle, but absolutely. But the Bucks, like, I mean, Giannis is taking it to a, a different level in the playoffs. They're shooting the ball really well, and you look at that team, and they just have, like, to me, they're just too talented in terms of like guys who have experience. And guys who are they're like you know you got the Brook Lopez's and you've got the a Bledsoe and you've got uh, like just I, I I think the Bucks are going to be too much for them. Yeah, should be a good series though. Yeah, should be a lot of good series for the second round. The Raptors are currently up three one. They play tomorrow against the Magic. They won again. Yesterday, I think this is uh, this series is about over. Magic, uh, similar to the Pistons, like yeah, the, you know, probably wish they weren't in it at all. But at the same time, it's like they're not quite the Pistons because I think that they do have good young talent who you know playoff experience is helpful. And uh, I think the Pistons, you know, they're there's there's a lot of miles on on Blake already, and I keep forgetting he's in the NBA. Am I the only one? Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. I think you are the. I think. I think Am I the only one? I think you might be the only person that claims to be an NBA fan that forgets Blake Griffin is in the league. No, no I shouldn't say forgets that he's in the league. But when you go from LA to Detroit, quality of life, <laughs> quality of life, Andy. I can get a seven bedroom house on Eight Mile, made famous by the Eminem movie, <laughs> for what you pay for a studio apartment in Venice. Quality of life. I just pictured somebody's tombstone for somebody who lives in the Midwest their whole life and says, you know, lives from 1945 to 2018 or whatever, lived a quality life in Ohio his entire life. Yeah. Do you think, I I was going to ask you this yesterday, but I forgot during the game because we started discussing that. We had a, a guy next to us. He moved from Oklahoma. He was there with his his wife and uh, daughter. And it got me thinking, what part of our country is the most defensive slash prideful of where they're from? Because the South is very prideful. Dude, I, I mean, I'm, putting, I'm saying Ohio. I've never seen – like Barry McCockner yesterday did a, uh, did a similar tweet to the tweet that I did about Ohio – and like the 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 worst response I saw under it was like Indiana slander will not be tolerated, Barry. And like mine were like fuck you, I will burn you to death in a fire if you ever come to Columbus. Come to Columbus, you fucking bitch. Yeah, but, yeah, but hold on. My point is, I'm not even talking about you're going specific state. I'm saying region. Who who is the most defensive slash prideful? Is See, I it, feel like the South is prideful. The South is it the East I, Coast, I like the, the West Coast, the Midwest. I feel like it's different things. So I think like I think that the I think the Northeast elites 
have just like a very like a sense, you know, a real sense of entitlement. Sure. We're the best, we're the smartest. We so were here first. I would also put that elitism on the West Coast, California. But I, I agree, but I think people are like I think California, especially Southern California like Northern California, the San Francisco, they they almost act like people like from New York act, except I always make fun of them because I'm like, you know, if you really want to live in a fucking great, like move to New York. Southern California, it's kind of like pretty great though, the weather and like whatever, but it's kind of like low key, like don't come. We don't want you. We're in New York. Like people are like, uh, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, but you're not making it here. So you're a fucking bitch. Yeah. Um, the South is very prideful. Texas is very prideful. Sure. Um, the Midwest definitely takes the defensive defensiveness. I think you're right kick. at this point because they know they're not California. They know they're not the East Coast. They know they don't even have like the. They know they don't even have the Southern like identity. Like the South all rides together. Sure. The SEC. Yeah. Like first you root for your school and you're then right. you root for the SEC. True. But like. In in a in a bowl game, Michigan fans are like, I hope Michigan State gets blown out by the SEC. Yeah, yeah, good point. You know what I mean? There's no pride in their conference. No pride in their like everybody's like on their own and they're very defensive about it because they're all trapped. And they feel like, you know, they have to talk themselves up to why it's great. But I would also argue the Midwesterners are also very polite and courteous. Sure. At the same time. Unless you say anything about where they're from. Taxes! Yeah. The taxes! Party of life! <laughs> and, then, and then the Pacific Northwest is just like too fucking high. Yeah. They're too high. Too high physically and mentally on their fucking... They're like, I don't know, man. Portland. Got a lot of strip clubs, a lot of bars, a lot of donuts. I guess if you're not into those things, then don't come. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm into all those things. Do I have to move to Portland? Ah, uh, and I and I'd say we probably have a lot of Midwestern listeners. Yeah, I know we do. It's the irony of the whole situation. Well, back to NBA. The Sixers looks like they are going to be playing the Raptors, who we just talked about. Look like it. This has been my favorite first round series. Yeah, it's beefy, beefy. They we've got the meats. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the beefs. We got uh, we got a Dudley, a Jared Dudley Simmons beef. That that Jimmy Butler got involved in. Joel Embiid is talking trash in every. Joel Embiid's the new to Kimmy Matumbo in press conferences. Uh, we don't want to be in a warrior situation. Ha ha ha! He's like a weird fucking cartoon character. Um, yeah, Philly. Like in a way, I feel like Philly should have had more trouble with uh, Brooklyn, but also less trouble. Like I wanted to see Philly come out and dominate the series. Now they're up 3-1, but like it, it it's been a close series the whole way through as well. Um I don't think Philly has looked as strong as I thought they would, but I also give props to Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn ha- is building a fa- fantastic team, which begs the question if Kevin Durant wants to come to New York so much, why does he want to go to Brooklyn? Because Brooklyn goes hard and he's a little soft ass bitch. Oh, shots fired. Although Brooklyn, like nowadays, like it's kind of hipsterville. It's probably perfect for him. Yeah. 
He can like, work. I'm a Nets fan, but I'm from Minnesota because, like, my parents were trying to tell me about quality of life. But I was like, I am a graphic designer, so I should probably live in Brooklyn. I can and now s- I'm a Nets fan, so you- I, we'd welcome Kevin Durant with open arms. I mean, honestly, I think the social media landscape is pretty toxic as well. So, I, you know, I, I see where he's coming from. Some guy called me a cuck, a triggered cuck on Twitter the other day. I got to say it hurt. It hurt a little bit. So, you know, I've... I've I've muted that guy, and I'm, I I reported him to Jack, and Jack didn't do anything about it, which is sad. Um, but you know, like uh, I listened to him on Rogan, and he explained why. <laughs> like, I can picture Kevin Durant in skinny jeans, suspenders, glasses, and uh, you're saying he's going to move to Brooklyn and become Steve Urkel. Skinny jeans, suspenders, glasses, walking down Williams, brown shoes, like in a coffee shop in Williamsburg. Yeah. Can we get a Photoshop of that? Yeah. Kevin Durant as... Kevin Durant spilling a green matcha latte. Did I do that? <laughs> Did I spill that? <laughs> Although I think I think his old teammate, Russell Westbrook, has... He's pulled off the Urkel look. Yeah. Numerous times. Yeah. He's playing... His team's playing like Urkel now, bro. Yeah. They done. They, they done. OKC, you think they're done? They done. You're putting the nail in the coffin? Yeah, they're not coming back in 3-1. I mean, he's, he trashed Lillard, and Lillard has just been fucking incredible this series. And my boy CJ has been playing great. I mean, all this without Nurkic. Obviously, I'm a big Portland guy. Uh, by the way, Charles and Kenny s- still on the... Blazers are going to the finals bandwagon. Yeah, we saw it. Wild. I thought I thought for sure with Nurkic being out that they would they would have climbed off that bandwagon. But they, they have Blazers Bucks in the finals. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've still got Rockets Bucks, but I mean a Rockets Blazers. We've talked about the Rockets. My my feelings about a Rockets Blazers Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, come on. Do you really give OKC a chance of coming back three one? I just like want. No, um, do I give him a chance? No. Yes, but I give him a very, very small chance. It that's another series. It's just so beefy. It's so like, but it's so millennial beefy. They're like trash talking each other through the fucking media and shit like that. Um, like, would I be blown away if this series goes like seven games? Like, no, I wouldn't. I, but I do think, I do think Portland. I do think Dame is like taking it personally right now. Uh, Paul George injured, whatever, like, you know, not certainly hasn't been playoff P Russell Westbrook trying to do too much, but, uh, I think Lillard is really taking this personally and I like that. Um, I just don't want him to like overdo it. Cause I think he did do overdo it in the game. They lost. He took it. He, he tried to take over the game and he did take over the game in the third quarter and they had nothing left in the fourth. Yeah. So it's just like, be angry, have something to prove, but like, Keep your emotions in check. And don't... Because like I think Westbrook... I think that's Westbrook's kryptonite. Is he feels like he has to absolutely prove on every given night that he is the best player in basketball. And I think Lillard needs to have that attitude, but he just needs to... Just like drive in, you know, drive in fourth gear. Just keep it steady. Have that fifth gear ready to go if you need to drop the hammer in... Uh, it's like, you know, in in it's like, the fourth quarter. Like my car hitting in sport mode. Yeah, exactly. Stay in the carpool lane where you can go faster. You need to hit sport mode. Hit it. Yeah. To the old Corolla. Yes. Damian Lillard is a Toyota Corolla hatchback in sport mode. 
That's offensive to Damian Lillard. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I, that was my point. Very offensive. Although, although you you've been you've done a couple trips now on the Corolla. What do we think? I drove it the other day for. Oh a yeah, you drove, drove it. it the other day for the man. It's a, it's a it's a great vehicle. It's a great vehicle. It's very it's like it's very Andy Ruther appropriate. It's very perfect. A, a for guy me. that in the 1940s would have been nicknamed Pee Wee is uh is perfect in a. I like that you went black. I like the black on black. Yeah, you know you probably black out the tires. Get black rims. What am I? Too fast, too furious. Yeah, yeah. Too fast, too furious. Cincinnati drift. <laughs> I'm I'm running through skyline chilies, yeah. knocking over Just like cheese coming off the back tires. I'm excited for the second round, though. I, yeah, I mean that is the that is where we're at. Like, yes, there's there's some life left in these series. Yeah, but the matchups. The Rockets Warriors, the uh, you know the Blazers, fucking winner of that other like that other series, Spurs uh, Nuggets. Yeah, that that's certainly the that's certainly that's the series with the, mo- with the most life. Yeah, but even Blazers, either of those teams, awesome. Uh, Bucks Celtics. Yeah, Woo-wee. Raptors Sixers. Yeah, yeah. The second round of the playoffs this year. Maybe the most exciting overall top to bottom second round that we've had in a long, long, long. I was just going to say that. Yeah. In, re- in, in, in at least my recent memory. All of, them, all of them will end up being sweeps. But Now, you had a couple shows Saturday like we talked about. Yeah. So you didn't get to watch the Rockets game, which was wild for me. Kevin, or not Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden couldn't hit a shot. Did he start 0-15? Yeah. Something insane. I couldn't leave my couch, so I basically watched the game, and they still won. Now, I saw a lot of different takes on this, which I thought was interesting. Some different, you know, I'm not talking cheddar dick, faceless, you know, Kobe Bryant profile pick trolls. I'm talking yeah. legit sports media people that I follow. Is this like, is this the terrible, like, this is why he's not the MVP. Yeah, coach. yeah. So I saw, you know, I follow a few guys from The Ringer, and I, and I read a lot of their stuff. And I saw a few of those guys, and I don't even remember names, saying if the Rockets can win when James Harden goes 3 of 19, is he really the MVP? You know, if they can win a playoff road game when their star player scores that badly. But I'll say this to that. It's well, who- here's what I'll say to that. He scored 22 points. Yeah, yeah, but I also... He had 10 assists. But I also want to say, how many free, throw, free throws did he shoot? I mean, I think he shot 14 or something like that. But also, as somebody who or watched 16. the game, the game plan that night for Utah was basically a four-on-five. It was kind of wild. They were basically saying, James Harden's not going to beat us. So you could counter that point of saying, if they can win a game with their star players shooting that poorly, he doesn't deserve the MVP. But you could also counter and say... He's that good for them. They need to put two guys on him, which then frees everybody else up. Sure, and you could also say if you have a poor, if you are a guy who I mean James Harden and and the the like the modernness of James Harden's game, um, the all the step backs, all the deep jump shots, all the all the all the contested jump shots he makes. Yes, we've seen it before. And you know, people have said that James Harden is a choker and blah 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 blah. But what the way he has played the whole year, and and the volume of those jump shots that he's making, 
is unheard of. So the idea that uh, like once every full moon he has a game where he just can't fucking hit any isn't that crazy. So I almost think it makes a case for James Harden that in those games he's scoring 22 points and having 10 assists and is still the focal point of their offense. 22 points and 10 assists is a fantastic basketball game for a lot of people. Well, and also... And I get it. It took him that many shots to do it. I get that that's a very whatever. But my point is, is like the idea that co- that that James Harden should like turn it off because he's not hitting him. It's like you can't you you're going to live and die by this. You know what I mean? But and I'm not saying he played well, but like he's never going to be a guy that's like, all right, I'm having an off night. I'm just going to whatever. Now, like we've talked about the Jordans and the Kobe Bryants and the Allen Iversons who have these, you know, high point because they, t- they take a million shot games. When did those guys have 10 assist playoff games? James Harden has 10 assist playoff games every goddamn night. Every night. He has double digit assists. Yeah. Well, I think that's important. Context is key, right? Context is very key. So when we talk about James Harden, I think it's important to know it was one game. Right. Right? So, so And honestly and and, and 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 not only that, it's one game. Let's look at the let's just look at the James if Harden. If I'm the Warriors, I am shitting my pants that he just had that game already. I'm like, fuck, what are the chances he has that game again? Yeah, and it's we also We need him to have that game against us. It's also important that guys when we talk about this MVP discussion, it's game three of the first round. Well, also, the MVP is a regular no, no, season. No, 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 no. I, I know, but, but, yeah. but, but, but I guess you're right. But my point is, is, is we're talking about collapses. My right. point is, let's look at things in perspective. He didn't shoot three of 19 in the NBA Finals. He shot it game three of the first round. And that's why people, because I, I can already hear people chirping. Like, you guys bring up shitty performances in the past. There's a difference between James Harden going 3 of 19 in the first round versus Kobe Bryant going 6 of 24 in Game 7 of the 2010 NBA Finals. Sure. But that's important for people to know. Yeah, because also, did Kobe have 10 assists that game? I just pulled it up because I was curious. He had 2 assists. He did have 15 rebounds, though. Well, he missed 24 fucking shots. Missed eighteen shots. Whatever. Anyway, the point is, he rebounds are great, but he's not. But when you're not scoring, facilitating other guys to score is important. Yeah. Now the other thing, let's talk about this. What does it say about Utah? Everybody's talking about what this says about the Rockets. What does it say about the Utah Jazz? Everybody last year, the Jazz beat the Thunder, right? And everybody like, oh, the Jazz, the Jazz. Here Up comes and the coming. Jazz. Donovan Mitchell. Blah blah blah. Where's my boy? Uh, I forget. Uh, was it Nate? Where's my boy that I blocked on fucking Twitter, Mister Jazz fan? How how's this Jazz team doing when James Harden can't make a shot? The Jazz, come on, the Jazz. Wait, you blocked? This is amazing. 
Oh yeah, because he was. Fu- it was a. It was a LeBron trashing Bonanza. We all knew LeBron was going to be shit on the Lakers. LeBron's overrated. If LeBron's not in the East, he's not going to do shit. And I was like, LeBron's team had a five game better record than the Jazz on Christmas Day when he got hurt. The idea that the Jazz, the Utah Jazz, are better. Than the Lakers, even this disastrous Lakers roster with a healthy LeBron James is a joke. And proof is in the fact that if you don't think with the with the current Lakers roster and LeBron and a healthy, fully healthy LeBron James, that they don't beat the Rockets in a game where James Harden goes 0 for 15 to start the game, you're lost. Brano never. What's the Game of Thrones? Uh, the Lannister, they they always pay their debts. Yeah, that's like the equivalent for you with trolls. Joe always remembers the trolls. Yeah, I always remember the trolls because people out here, the Jazz are so much better. You you got you lost, and everybody talking about well, if the Rockets can win with James Harden, then I guess he's not the MVP. Fuck talking about the Rockets. The Rockets have Mike D'Antoni. The Rockets have an offensive personality that does not change regardless of whether they're making their shots or not. And that offensive personality is one that is like, again, Mike D'Antoni is a is a head of the game in the NBA. This guy is always going to be one step ahead of you offensively. And the Jazz, you're going out there and you're going like, oh, well, James Harden's not hitting any of his shots because we fucking are boxing him up. It's like, and, and now what? And who's scoring for you? And and who's your closer? And I love Donovan Mitchell, but like, you, you guys are gonna have to add some fucking pieces, cause it's great, it's great. You're the fucking five seed. Yeah, I mean they have some nice pieces, but you're right. But you're the five seed, and you're getting fucking poo poo in your mouth on by the four seed. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the it's it's the fucking. Pacers Celtics series, except you didn't lose Donovan Mitchell for the year. Well, and to be fair, the Pacers Celtics series was a lot closer. Now, Utah played them close in game three. They got blown out the first two games, is my point, though. I mean, you look at the. I mean, just look at the box score Mitchell with 34, Rubio with 10, Gobert with 10, Favors with 13. And how by, much? How much did England? And by the way, by the way, how much did English? And by the way, Donovan Mitchell went nine for twenty-seven and four yeah. for twelve for three. Yeah, he had a bad shooting day, and he had five assists. Yeah, that's a game you can't lose. That series is done. That's a sweep. That series is done. The Warriors are going to take care of business in the Clippers again. Let's kind of fast forward a little. Minus the Spurs Nuggets series, which I think could go to seven. I'm looking forward to round two. It's going to be a fun I've, semifinal. I have, I have a semi for round two. I have a, I have a, I have a totem pole for, for a Rockets-Blazers-Western Conference final. But. Well, what kind of sucks is I leave. Get the fuck out of here. I leave. Get me tugging here. Let's get some NBA action going. Well, I already know you're going to take advantage. You know, you got the two TVs. Yeah. That is one of the, the bonuses of the Smut Studio. Because I leave... Me, ma- and, me and Tug are going to do a full day live broadcast NBA bonanza while you're gone. We just need an intern who knows how to set all this stuff up. 
Calling Twerks with Wolves. Putting out the smoke signal. Twerks is going to be back soon. More often. School has ended for the semester. School has ended. I believe this is his first week, so he's going to have some more time. He's running around the palace. It's like, ah, fucking partying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you know what else is this week? Joe Prano, the NFL draft. Yeah. Yeah. NFL draft. Always a fun time of year. Thursday night. Yep. From all reports that I have read. According to Mel Kuyper Jr. He's never wrong. Never been wrong. He said there is a 99% chance, the latest I saw this morning, 99% chance that the Arizona Cardinals take Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. Do you like this move? I mean, look, they've got the new coach. Yeah. If he wants his guy, then fucking give him his guy. Like... I'm not sure how I feel about, is it Cliff Kingsbury? Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, in general, you know, I'm not enough of a college football fan. But it seems kind of dumb that you would be coming in the league, that your guy would be out there, and that you wouldn't take that guy. And, and like you do it with Rosen, if that's the guy you want. Yeah. It's like if, if, if we're going year one here, and this is the guy you want, then fucking go get him. Then take him. And I get it's weird. Like, what do you do with Rosen? Are you going to get the value for Rosen that you could have if he played well and he played whatever? I mean, I don't know what that means that happens to Rosen. I don't know if the Giants are interested. I don't know if, like, what, where do you see Rosen ending up if they thought, I mean, there's no way to keep both of them. No. Well, I mean, I guess you could because Rosen would be on like a rookie deal, but st- but even then, you're, you're going to have to try to get value and not have a quarterback competition. Who besides the Giants really needs a quarterback? I mean, I guess a lot of teams like need a quarterback, but it's just a matter the of... The Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, places he could end up like... The, you know, there's also the difference between like where he could go and play right like if you're the Broncos are you interested in Rosen I mean I know you just got Flacco but like yeah if you're Buffalo you're not interested if you're the Jets you're not interested that's what I'm saying I'm, I'm thinking about you know, all the teams in the top if you're of my Cincinnati head. are you interested in Rosen I mean the Andy Dalton thing really isn't working out I pretty safe to say yeah uh, if you're Tennessee, are you interested in Rosen? With a, I mean, I don't think you're interested in Rosen if you're, but at the same time, you're. Well, they well, they have a quarter- injury problem already. Who did Tennessee sign? Yeah, they signed somebody to compete with uh, Mariota. Yeah. Um, oh, they they got uh, what's his name Tannehill. Yep. I'm saying, are you interested? If you're. The Chargers, are you interested? What's Philip Rivers got about two years in him? I mean, people, here's the thing. You never know anymore. Here's the thing about the Giants. Obviously, you know, maybe you're, if the Giants are interested, but the idea that if you're, let's not forget that Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger are from the same draft class, and Eli Manning doesn't get hurt. Like, the idea that, like, Eli, like, the whole washed thing, it's like, 
what what is the argument here that Eli Manning forgot how to play football in the last two years? My point is if if but the, but, but hold on Let, let's take those three. My if, point is if you're the if you're if everybody's like the Giants should be a hundred percent interested in Rosen, then shouldn't the Chargers and the Steelers? Well, I would argue my counter argument to that would be that Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger are playing at a much higher level than Eli Manning. Which, and the, again, it goes back to my original question. So, Eli Manning forgot how to play football? His arm's not working? He's hurt? No. His team sucks. Yeah, but hold on. I, just, I, I want an answer out of you on this. Do you think, to take the team thing out of it, I mean, it's tough to do because it's part of it. Do you think Eli is playing at the same level of Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger right now? No, but I'm not. But taking the team out of it is not possible. Like swap their teams. Do you think Philip Do you think Philip Rivers has already retired if he's on the Giants? Do you think Ben Roethlisberger has already retired if he's on the Giants? But my point is, Eli has had weapons. It's like the last couple of years. Weapons is not the fucking. What weapons has like? What weapons did Eli Manning have when he won? The not real Steve Smith? The undrafted Victor Cruz? Plaxico Burris? 60 catch Plaxico Burris? They had some running Kevin backs. Kevin Boss? Ward? Jacobs? I Bradshaw? Mean, they got guys rushing for 1,000 yards. Yeah. You know why? Because they had an offensive line, which is what he fucking desperately needs. I'm just saying, like, I would not put Eli... Anywhere near those guys right now, okay. where they're playing. But okay, but here and even if but, I switch, but to, here's what you're saying. Then you're saying that, but you're not answering the question. What? What happened? He forgot to play football. He's secretly injured. He's 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 like feeling the wear and tear of being almost forty more than Roethlisberger and Rivers. Yeah, I think that could be true. Okay, I do. I mean, when you say forgot to play football, I'm not saying that. that that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a leap, Joe. What I'm saying is if I— I'm saying from, from, from a way. personnel standpoint, like if you're switch, looking at you him— You like to switch players, yeah. right? You like to switch teams. If I take Eli Manning, the Chargers won, I think, 12 games last year. And what didn't the Chargers win? Hold on a second. If you take Eli Manning and you put him on the Chargers— I don't think they win 12 games last okay, year. Okay, but that same here's team. the question. If they don't win 12 games, but they still get into the playoffs, do they win multiple playoff games? I, I don't think you're, 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 you're bringing back because Eli's passed. When's the last time? I mean, Eli has not won a playoff game since when? 2010? Sure. He hasn't won a playoff game in nine years. Phillip Rivers has won multiple playoff games when? Did he win a playoff game this year? Yeah, he beat the he beat the fucking Ravens, Ravens on a, the road. Yeah, in, in a in a f- seven six soccer match, they won. He made the plays when he needed to. I'm just saying, and I think I could do. And this. Ben Roethlisberger missed the playoffs last year, also correct. I'm just saying, if to me, from a truly personnel evaluation standpoint, if the Giants should 100 percent be interested in Rosen, I don't know how you say. That the Steelers, Chargers, and Saints, guys with old quarterbacks, shouldn't be interested in them.
Also, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've said it before, and I've taken a lot of heat for it. If I'm the GM of the Carolina Panthers, I'm interested in Rosen. I don't know... I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about Rosen. I didn't know how I feel about him last year. I still don't know how I feel about him now, just in general, as a franchise quarterback. I don't know. I know there's not that many co- good quarterbacks this year again. I know that the Raiders, from what I've seen, Gruden loves Kyler Murray. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to get him. And obviously, they still have Derek Carr under a massive contract. I don't know what's going on in L- or L.A., in Oakland. I just don't know. Well, apparently, John Gruden also doesn't know what's going on in Oakland. I don't understand the sending the scouts home six days early. He's basically saying there's a leak in the Raiders organization. And he trusts no one. And he doesn't know where the leak is, so everybody has to go. He's got their information. He's can use their information to make a a decision on the draft. From this point on, their value is less helpful in the room. Yeah. Than if somebody's leaking what they're trying to do. I wonder. Well, you have Mike, Mike Mayock, who's new now as a GM. I wonder what they do with their car. Yeah, it depends, I guess, whether or not they get a quarterback that they like. Okay. If, if Murray, if the Cardinals have the first pick and the Murray okay. and, and they like Murray and the Raiders like Murray and Murray's ninety nine percent to get, then what are they doing? I mean, are you saying that they should be interested in a Rosen or that they should be making a move for a Haskins? Well, possibly. Who would okay? Let me ask you this: Who would you rather have, Derek Carr or Josh Rosen? Your your any NFL franchise? Obviously, Derek Carr has been playing longer. We we I seen like Derek him. Carr a lot. I like you're you're the GM of any team. Yeah, I like Derek Carr a lot. My problem with Derek Carr is if you have back injuries, I'm not like I'm not into your back injury for like a number of reasons. One, back injuries don't go away. Two. Uh, like back it like I'm a fucking Sarno disciple. Like, uh, am I mental? I'm going in on a back injury guy. Yeah, but like I like Derek Carr, uh, and when Derek Carr had a great offensive line, he finished third in the MVP voting. That's what I was gonna say. When he had a great offensive line, Dude, like the the offensive line can't be overstated how important it is. Like judging guys who have great offensive lines and judging guys who have terrible offensive lines, it's like, it's not even fair. Like the, the Dak Prescott evaluation is far from over. Oh, you came into the league with a like third overall selected or wherever fucking Ezekiel Elliott went running back and a great offensive line. And you won 13 games or whatever? Cool story, bro. How's that since you had a couple injuries on the offensive line and whatever? Now And now, okay, you made the playoffs last year. And you what? 
You beat the Seattle Seahawks at home. Everybody, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're sold on Dak Prescott. But again, the quarterback discussion always goes to this. There's only so many what I deem good and up quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many. There's 32 teams in the NFL. There's only so many what I deem like the 13 to 14 range, like 13 to 14 good quarterbacks. And there might not even be that many. But I'm not. But like we we do the good, great, elite. We do we've we've gone down that path, sure, in and out and up and down a million yeah. times. The, it's first things first for me. And when I say sold on, I am put, there are two classes of quarterbacks that I care about. Can you win with him? Can you, could, could you win a Super Bowl with him or not? And then obviously there's question marks. I think, even though it's, only, it's been three years, I would say after three years, I think you can win a quarter. I'm sorry, I think you can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. Okay, I, I would. I How would say good that. does your team have to be for you to win the Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? I think you need a good defense, solid good defense. Obviously, a good, an excellent running game. So you got to win, you know, three or four playoff games. I, I think it's in a row in the same season. It's not out of the realm of possibility is what I'm right. saying. I'm saying, that's why I said they're sold on him. I'm saying, I'm not sure that that's true. Well, well, we would just talk Derek Carr. Right. Who would you feel more confident in the playoffs with? Let's say you have that team with a good defense and a quality. No back injury. I'm t- I'll take Derek Carr. You're taking Derek Carr over I Dak Prescott. I feel more confident. From the... From the Stand in the pocket, short passing game, good offensive line, like the ability to like, you know, look at coverages, everything that happens behind, like under the center, but pre-snap for a quarterback. Great. Uh, also, I and I, I take it in consideration with Cam, and I take it in consideration with Russell Wilson, and I take it in consideration with Carson Wentz, and I take it in consideration with Deshaun Watson. If part of your game is what you bring athletically as a if it's not working i can do this how now now you have two windows now you have the window where that where you can do that and the quarterback that you become after you can't quite do it as much the carolina panthers went to the super bowl with cam newton as their third and short tailback and now Cam Newton played not great last year because his shoulders not healthy. Yeah, you know who else's shoulders aren't healthy often? Tailbacks. These are related issues, guys. I also think Cam is in the process of trying to evolve his game because he's at that point. Sure. Now the question, if you're an Italian evaluator, is can he do that? Well, I think it's to be determined. Well, I've seen a lot of third and fourth down and third and fourth and goal overthrows last year that told me, I'm not sure. I said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not a Cam hater by any means, but if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm interested when there's quarterbacks flying around. 
But did Cam really have his completion percentage was much higher last year? I know it was. You think he had a bad year? Yeah, I do. I don't think he did. Okay. Well, he didn't finish the year, correct? He played 14 games last year. Okay. That's not all of them. <laughs> I mean, his completion percentage was the highest of his career. It was mm-hmm. 67. It was 67.9. He was 68%. It's almost 9% higher than the year before. I'm just saying. He didn't have a terrible year. But you but you're not a big Cam fan. And I look at it this way. You know, this was last year was his eighth It's not that I'm not a big Cam fan. It's that I think I think a lot of Cam's effectiveness comes with his like one of a kind ability to be two players simultaneously. To be a fairly decent drop back quarterback and a guy that you have to count for not as a scrambler. He's not a scrambler. He can scramble. He will be a run, he, they will snap him the ball. He will be a running back. He will be a short yardage goal line running back. He will be a whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people love to, you know, you're a big Russell Wilson guy. Everybody loves to talk about Russell Wilson's like touchdown things, like touchdown numbers. It's like Pete Carroll loves to run the fuck out of the ball and then get you in a first and goal and play action Russell Wilson. The Panthers love to get you in a first and goal and snap the ball to Cam Newton and have him run into the end zone. Like it's the the personalities of these teams and the way that they use their quarterbacks is like you know, you have to look at every you have to look at every number. And I just think part of Cam's effectiveness is that aspect of his game. And I'm not sure how long that lasts. If Cam is a character on Game of Thrones, who is Cam Newton? <laughs> Keeping it relevant. Uh I don't know. Is there anybody that's like lost their powers? I guess maybe he's Jamie Lannister now. Now he's got one hand. He he used to be like in his younger days, he was like the world's greatest fucking warrior. Warrior, and now he's kind of hobbled. And it's like, well, it's not that Jamie's not a great warrior. It's just you know he's missing a hand. And it's like, well, cool story, Panthers fans. But like, he's missing a hand. His kill percentage was actually higher last year than you. Yeah, well, he's fighting less powerful people because he's missing a hand. Throwing a lot of. Jamie Lannister's really got the tight end screen going. We should set an over-under. I'm sure that you can do it in Vegas of how many people are going to watch the series finale. Great conversation came up yesterday. If they I had, love this. If they dropped this. all the episodes Netflix style of Game of Thrones. Like if they dropped it on a Sunday night. I loved hearing this yesterday. If they drop it on a Sunday night. All eight. How many people skip work the next day? I think that's a great Great point. When like, I heard, how many people are like, "Nah, fuck it, I'm staying up all night and watching all these," or I'm like watching three of these, going to bed tonight, getting up and watching five of them in the morning. I agree. I thought that was a great point. So there's six episodes in the final season of Game of Thrones. Six, six. Wow, it's crazy. So if how, they drop, how many people like start at nine p.m. end at three a.m. Well, Netflix drops shows at midnight. Let's play how they normally do it. Let's say Netflix drops all the shows midnight Eastern time, Sunday night. A ton of people are not going to work the next time. A ton of people. 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if offices were like, we're ca- tomorrow's canceled. <laughs> don't come in. We don't want people coming in who've seen it. Other people haven't seen it. Spoilers. Like it's that big the whole sh- office burns down because somebody's in. They're like, can't believe Brand's on the Iron Throne. Somebody else is like, I didn't see it! <laughs> Sword to the gut. Quality of life! I'll be honest. I was thinking about that this morning. My life pre-Game of Thrones... And then I just thought, think, can, can, let's talk about this real quick. Because I didn't make fun what of it, What a cheddar dick move that was like, dragons and stuff. I never said that. I never said that. We're going to have to get it. Somebody pull the dragons and stuff clip. I've never said that. That might have been an off-air, off-camera thing that you thought I said. I never said that. I'm a guy who likes Star Wars. So why would I be against dragons? Come on. So I think that's bullshit. I think that's a, that's a Prano-induced fabrication 100% made up but my point is this now when people say they don't watch Game of Thrones we talk about the crazy Ruther deal breakers I'm like can I date you (laughs) like you don't watch Game of Thrones can I date you can I be friends with you do I trust you oh well at this point and I and you know I, I I've always appreciated that you did it it was it was your answer to the Kobe Bryant shot challenge as far as like what the the toll it would take on you physically the four day Game of Thrones catch-up that you did. It's now basically the same standard that I hold everybody to. Like, well, I haven't seen it. Well, look, you got... You you have fucking four... Yeah. You have a month until the final one closes. Andy did it in fucking four days. You got four weeks. Watch them all. What are you doing with your life? I agree. Unless you're a stockbroker, a banker, a fucking Supreme Court justice, watch Game of Thrones. What are you fucking doing with your life? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I got, a, I got college. What the fuck? Well, I agree. I mean, if you if you had thirty days, I did sixty seven episodes in four days. If you had thirty days, you bang out basically two a day, and then on the weekends, you could do more. But yeah, people who don't watch, I'm just like, uh, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about you as a as a human now. That's kind of you know how when people say, "Oh my God, you didn't vote! How dare you!" How dare you? That's how I'm kind of like, you're yeah, well, not. Well, voting doesn't matter. So that's a terrible. Don't bring that fucking conversation to me. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll I'm t- saying that's the analogy. I know. And I'm saying if you bring that analogy to me, I'll tell you two hours why Game of Thrones is more important than voting. Yeah. But man, you can knock it on Twitter the night Game of Thrones drops. No, we were on the car. We were in the car on the way back and it, it started airing. On the East Coast, and yeah. I, and we couldn't watch. I was like, nope. <laughs> Threw my phone out the window. I'll get a new one when I get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But it's always great to go back. Like, after I watched last night's episode, and at the time, Aria was the number one trend, and I was like, oh. And I love, dude, you know what I love now? I love black Twitter's comments on Game of Thrones. It's all gifts. Oh, the original, the original... Game of Thrones meme was from Black Twitter. Remember the guy who like couldn't handle? You might not have even followed because it happened. The, when I mean, we're doing spoilers. We can do season one spoilers. But when Ned Stark died, there was a guy who like this black guy was like, "Not my nigga Ned. Not my nigga Ned. How you gonna do my nigga Ned like that?" He was like losing. I was like, "This is the best thing of all time." I was like, "Black people watch this. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. This is incredible." He was like crying. Yeah. Nah, cut off his head. That's, oh, that's, not Ned. That's what I recommend everybody do. When you watch Game of Thrones on Sunday, then go back afterwards and go on Black Twitter and see what they're saying about it. 
Dude. Hot fire. Okay, today's going to be a short episode. Great. Is that it? Are we done here? We got one call. One call. I thought we were mic dropping. Grab the uh, headphones, Prano. Let's let's do uh, let's do a call here. We have. Uh, I thought I was getting my Ted Anderson situation. Are we done? Fourth inning on a Monday. Remember Tip City. Tip City. Just the tip. Just the Tip City. Just of course. the tip. Gang Gang made it out for. Remember Ball State. <laughs> We got a call from one of the guys from Just the Tip. We have an update. Check this out. What's up, Joe and Andy? Uh, this is Joey Flora from the uh, the Tip City Dirtball Crew. Way back in the day, um, I'm the guy that got hit by a car. You guys sent me that Applebee's gift card. I fucking loved that. That was awesome. Um, it's a few years in the future. I'm now a junior in college at the University of Dayton. I heard Dayton. that you want some people to bring you conies for the marathon um, in Cincinnati. I'm assuming you're doing the Flying Pig on uh, May 3rd. It's right before finals, but I think I can squeak down an hour and uh, make it for some conies. So uh, just want to let you guys know that I'll be there for that. Fredo, it'd be fucking sweet if you were there. Um, I will not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we could talk some dirtball state. I haven't been keeping up, but I might. Might brush up on the situation. Also, I wanted to ask what you guys think about um, Justin Fields, uh, Ohio State's quarterback. Um, Baldwin entered into the transfer portal, and I just want to hear whether you guys think that Ohio State's fucking up all their quarterback situation or what's going on if all the backups just think that they can all the kick some ass. But, um, That's a live call. Should I? Uh, missed it. Um, was, did, is there anything at the end of that call we needed to... No, I think he's just asking about... Uh, um, can I respond with uh, I don't know guy emoji? Yeah. I, I don't. I haven't followed the Ohio State thing. I, I know I know. people are always getting into the... I love how they call it the transfer portal now. Yeah. I don't know. Beat me up, Scotty. <laughs> all I know is... Beat me to the SEC. All I know is obviously Dwayne Haskins is in the NFL draft. Urban Meyer is gone. I, I look. I I don't really follow I, Ohio State. I, I don't know a whole lot about Dwayne Haskins other than the bowl game that I watched and what people tell me about him. But I'm actually kind of I, I I'm not sad at the idea of the Giants drafting Haskins. I guess he's from New Jersey. Grew up a Giants fan. Uh, openly and willingly says that he would be honored to back up Eli Manning for a season, which I think is the right attitude if you were to coming to the New York Giants. Um, uh, so good for Haskins. Uh, I don't know anything about the Ohio State quarterback situation. Otherwise, pretty dope that he's uh, willing to come down from Dayton to uh, bring you some cheese conies. I love uh, that. I will not be attending the Flying Pig. I will be uh, here. Just so you know, Joey, you said May 3rd. It is Cinco de Mayo. May 5th. It is Sunday, May 5th. Okay. One of my favorite weekends, by the way, oftentimes uh, 420 and Easter right around the same time. But never better than the Cinco de Mayo, the back-to-back Kentucky Derby Cinco de Mayo days. Little little Saturday uh, mint juleps into Sunday margaritas. Put dicks on that gift. I was going to say, are those penises or are those drinks? 
I'm ready. I should That's be. That's how I drink beverages, by the way, like this. <laughs> That's how I drink. I throw them in my mouth. Now, you tried to follow me we since you were over at my place this weekend. You said, Ruther, I, I want you to be the lead rabbit. Yeah. I want, you, I want to run behind you. It's a terrible decision. I knew I wasn't going to make it far. And then, yeah. Well, first of all, you run 14 miles, 15, 20 some miles regularly. My, 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 I think max distance I've ever done as an adult was like five miles. I, I generally run a three mile loop lately. Um, you were, you were already pulling away from me. And then you started like going off course and shit. <laughs> you're like running on the boardwalk. You're like running on the fucking sidewalk. I'm like, I thought we were just running on the beach path. And like, I'm just trying to focus on like staying the same speed. And then I'm like jumping over homeless guys to get on oceanfront walk. I go rogue. That, yeah. That's a problem. You see, that's again, it's like an ADD thing with me. I was trying to stick to that. We ran on 420, which was yeah, bro. chaos. The Venice boardwalk is just chaos with people. I'm trying to weave in and out. But again, I thought it was good. It's good training for the marathon, dealing with people. Now, hopefully when I run the Cincinnati Marathon, there's not people you know, blowing marijuana smoke in my face like we had to deal with that day. But yeah, I did my last long 14-mile run. And uh, from here on out, it's, it's a few days of hill training. And next Sunday, I'm supposed to do an 8-mile run. And that's like my last if you want to call it long run again following the Tommy Dewey schedule that got him 3 out under 3 hours so hopefully he's uh he's correct but i would love chili dogs at the finish line at the flying pig any dirtballs want to be there anybody want to cheer me on during the course i'd appreciate that i got to i got to change i've decided i have to change my name tag for the marathon i hope i can still do it it's you know it says my name right now but i think it should say rip harambe okay give some love to uh Fall. Do they let you do that kind of thing? We'll see. <clears throat> Any thought of running in the Harambe jersey? No. Okay. None at all. Maybe the gorilla mask, though. Okay. Should I should I play this call that we just missed? Sure. Why not? Let's, let's, let's get wild. Let's let's see. You never know when you go rogue. So if this is highly offensive, I will stop it. Hey, boys. Uh, just wanted to call and see what you guys thought. I know, you know, jumping teams, being bandwagon, that's all bullshit. But what do you think about le- changing your fan, you know, base just because of uh, – or changing your team allegiance just because of the fan base? You know, I, I grew up kind of liking the Angels because they were in the area. But fucking Angels fans suck, man. I was at a game the other day. and they had an eight-run or eight-run rally in the seventh to tie and – there were like 12 people there. It was bullshit, but just wanted to see what your thoughts were. Stay dirty. Um, I, I'm okay with you changing teams over a fan base. Like, I I don't know enough about Angels fans. Like, obviously the Angels haven't been good in a while. Um, so, like, you know, that, that happens. You, you're, you're bad for so long. It's hard to keep a fan base interested. Now, obviously, there are good fan bases who will never say die. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with you changing fan bases, changing teams because your fan base sucks. I'm certainly uh, okay with you changing fan bases, changing teams if your fan base is like gross, terrible people. Like, it'll never happen. But, like, I wish, like, I would be like, 
welcoming with open arms into the world like somebody that's like, I, I can't be a Patriots fan. Like, have you seen these people? Fuck these people. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I, I get it, man. Welcome. What? Pick whatever team you'd like. But they're like, no. Six rings. I hate black people. It's fine. It is what it is. Sam Summer forever. But it sounds like his hate for Angels fans is more of the apathy. Right. That's what I'm saying. And I get it. I get I get one. It's there's not a ton of fan bases. It's very few and far between where like at least a small, strong core sticks with you even when you've been bad forever. Like, shout out to the Padres. There was a lot of Padres Padres ballpark always draws a lot of uh you know of the away team because so many people that live in Cincinnati are like, my life sucks or like, I'm going to move to San Diego where it's fantastic and the quality of life is truly better. And then they're like still a Reds fan, you know? So, and that happens in LA a lot too. A lot of, and, and, and New York even, yeah. although, although the New York teams tend to do a good job filling their stadiums. But, uh, but like Padres fans, the ones that are there, the ones that are truly Padres fans seem to still care about the team, even though they've sucked forever. And if you know, I it's it's hard though to stick around for a team that always sucks. Like I don't know what Orioles fans are up to these days. Are are, are Orioles fans like still on fucking board? Like, I mean, Cincinnati fans, you guys aren't showing up to the ballpark. Terrible. They're awful. They're they're bad fans. I've, I've talked about that with Cutter. They're not good fans. That's a that, Mets fans. Like when we're bad. We're we're there we're there to be angry. We're there to be fucking. We're there like people are showing up with bags on their heads. What I don't get though about the smaller markets like a Cincinnati team, the teams has sucked for the last five years or whatever. But the games are so cheap. You know what I'm saying? My my opinion is this: the Reds suck. You can't go to five games. You know, can't go to one game a month. That's that's the thing I've never fully understood. Is like yeah, the team sucks. You could go to a Reds game, get great seats for a family of four. Even if your team does suck, go and watch somebody else. Go that's, watch, that's, go, go watch the opponent. Saying. Like not, you don't have to cheer for the opponent, but you can go watch. Like it's a night out too. Yeah, go watch Yelich when he comes to town. Yeah. So those are the calls. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. Uh, scrolling through the YouTube comments, see if there's any other questions you guys might have. Jacob X, can you shout out my friend? He has cancer. His name is Nick Gurr. Nick, good luck, man. Fight the fight. Um, if there's anything that we can do to help you from the Dirty Sports Podcast, uh, we love to stand up against cancer here. We do. Cancer's bad, pretty much. That's something I think even we agree on. Yeah. Um, maybe you could say, like, maybe you could... Ooh, how about this? I got an idea. This might be really... This might... Are we about to save this kid's life? Could you say that cancer is definitely going to kill him and use the reverse Ruther curse to save his life? I don't want to say that. I'm just trying to help this kid survive. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for you. I know you're going to make it. I'm certain that you're going to make it. Keep fighting hard. Ruther, do you think he's going to make it? No. We just saved your life, bro. Congratulations. And good wel- luck. Come see us when you're healthy. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Andy Ruther curse is 100% undefeated. Right. So you just used it for good. You have to start using your powers for good. I like this idea. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking of other awful ways I can use 
the reverse effect on. Definitely not getting laid tonight. <laughs> nope, not, not getting laid tonight at all. Not with me on your couch or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dirtballs, that's the episode. Follow us at The Dirty Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And drop us an iTunes review. We got tons of great iTunes reviews after we read bad ones last week. So if you want to leave us an iTunes review, uh, I'm following everybody back on Twitter, Instagram, who leaves their handle in that review. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. I went on a faceless troll on Instagram yesterday. Where you at, bro? Where you at, bro? You ain't responding? Somebody came at me for the Harambe jersey. Really? Like a troll. Like a somebody who doesn't follow me. Saying what? Trying to like call me a loser millennial and like you have no clue about the reds like this is what i love about faceless trolls like he made a comment like you have you young kid i watched them in 88 with rob dibble and eric davis and i loved writing back on that bro i was at game one of the 90 world series with rob dibble and eric davis learn how google works bitch also just i know his back was to the picture but look at any other picture of andy ruther and he's clearly not a millennial I mean, seriously. You're, you might be cusping, but still, you're certainly not a young kid. That's what I'm saying. Google bitch. <laughs> Google bitch. Yo, bitch. Google bitch. <laughs> Joe Prano. At Joe Prano on Instagram. If you want, I, I, no one's calling me a millennial on there, which is fantastic. Uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram. People keep asking me, you know, where where is the best place to follow for shows? I, at least I put up in my story, usually... Any, any posters I'm tagged in on Instagram, uh, I'll put a lot of stuff there. So if you're trying to get immediate show updates, at Joe Prano on Instagram. Also, a lot of pictures of ballparks. That's what somebody told me yesterday. Like, dude, the only time you ever actually post in on your Instagram feed, you're like at a ball game. I'm like, oh, that's the only thing. I don't know what to tell you. So if you like pictures of ballparks, go there. And uh, at Fix for Life on Twitter. Um, JoePrano.com for shows. Uh, finally get a little bit of a break on shows the next couple weeks, but I'll be bouncing around LA. Then we got uh, New York, Bay Area, Tahoe, the rest of my summer getting loaded up and planned right now. Thank you to everybody who always shouts out like, can you come to my city? I would love to come to your city. I've, I promise. Even if it's in the Midwest, I'd love to come. Uh, I'm just not booked all these places. So if you want to harass a comedy club on my behalf, if you want to say, hey, I'm going to get my fraternity out to see fucking Prano if you book him at the ha-ha hole in fucking you know, Des Moines, sure, I'll be there. My favorite comedy club to perform at, the ha-ha hole yeah. in Des Moines, the Iowa. The ha-ha hole on Pico, the, obviously the original one. All right, guys, that's the show. Subscribe on YouTube. Let us know what you think. And have a great week. We will be back, I believe, Wednesday evening, right? We're going to try to go live. I think we are, yeah. Wednesday evening. All right, Dirtball fam, enjoy your next few days and stay dirty.